Uktron fella, Mrs. Miriam fella, a hishig. President fella and Mrs. Miriam fella, dear friends. Tishak, minister, ambassadors, distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen. Erangedr Shiasamahan, Hainis of Samadan Kela Saivin, Faram Firkin Fruchero, Viliagakas Ahasan Downer, and Eko Wiltulin Anakt. Agas Mwit Ekor Firkin Fruchero, Iana Specialty, Oktaran Poblokt Walter, George Vela, Savan Kela, Miriam Vela. Dear friends, it is a real pleasure to welcome you all to Oris and Uktaran home of the Presidents of Ireland since 1938, and particularly as we are celebrating the state visit of the President of Malta to us in Ireland, uh, Dr George Feller, and his wife uh, Miriam. I cannot tell you how much pleasure it gives Sabina and I uh, to welcome you for this visit, which has given great joy to us particularly having experienced such wonderful visits to Malta twice in the last year. I think um, it provides us an opportunity to represent, this evening provides us an opportunity, and all those who have joined us, of reciprocating uh, that re wonderful reception that Sabina and I and the Irish delegation received when we visited Malta, as I have said on two occasions last year. Occasions such as states visits like this represent an opportunity to celebrate all that our two countries share, our mutual values and interests, those ties we have worked together to establish, sometimes over many centuries, and to discuss challenges that we face with others in contemporary times, and further strengthening too our relationship as island nations, which while far apart geographically, remain very close in experience. I know, President Vella, that we both appreciate the experiences too that those of us who are members of the Ariolas group have shared. Valuable opportunities, indeed, as was the meeting you hosted last year in Malta, and it so clearly exemplified the value of that group. We both have also been aware of how such visits occur in a global context. Both of our countries have a record of concern and activism in international affairs, as indeed you do have yourself. As neutral countries over the years, we have defined that neutrality as positive neutrality and worked for peace in the multilateral order. I suggest we have much to offer the world as it grapples now with so many international crises, the consequences of wars, breaches of international law, invasion, breaches of humanitarian law and military actions, in an increasing number of cases of conflict and increased militarization in so many places. So the promotion and achievement of sustainable peace are tasks from which countries such as ours have in the past given valuable support and must continue to lend valuable support. It is one of the consequences of war, illegal invasion, climate change, unresolved global hunger crisis, that in recent times many countries have witnessed the arrival of displaced people seeking asylum and refuge, many of whom are desperate and vulnerable and tragically used as prey for exploitation by unscrupulous predators of human suffering, 
who offer to facilitate their passage. There are two and it must be acknowledged. Others <clears throat> at the point of destination who use the language of fear and exclusion to present such people as a threat. Such hostile and intimidatory behaviour may not reflect the views of the vast majority, as is true of Ireland, but it is real and must be confronted. Over a year on now from the invasion, the people of Ukraine remain foremost in our minds. It is heartening to see the welcome that so many have extended both here in Ireland and in Malta, and who continue to provide sanctuary to the tens of thousands of displaced Ukrainian citizens who now call our islands home. Over 75,000 Ukrainians reside here today, having fled the conflict, and over 6,000 Irish homes have welcomed these war refugees. Schools in Ireland, for some years now, uh, welcoming those from different parts of the world fleeing persecution, have opened their arms to these new pupils, and they have shown them a deep respect and solidarity, which pleases us all. As we meet the plight of the people in Turkey and Syria are also the forefront of our thoughts this evening as they work to rebuild in the wake of last month's devastating earthquake. A horrific event that reminds us all of our utter vulnerability and also of the humanitarian response required in terms of our interdependence and the need for mutual solidarity. As members of the international community, it is our responsibility to demonstrate solidarity by doing all that we can to aid the reconstruction efforts, but also to address the structural changes that are global, the new circumstances that interacting crises have created, the insufficiency at times of our global institutional responses, the obstacles placed too, for example, in the path of humanitarian responses. I think this is my first occasion too to have the opportunity of expressing on behalf of the people of Ireland our shared grief with what is the dreadful train accident in, in, in Greece and I'll be communicating that to the, to, the, to the President and Government of Greece. Those of us in Ireland and Malta have a long-standing history of migration that is perhaps one of the most powerful, tangible experiences that our two countries share. Shared stories of our migration are stories that have in both of our cases proved to be both sorrowful but also at times enriching. We are both migratory peoples. Our experience as immigrant nations with all the voluntary and most often involuntary forced immigration with large numbers of our citizens leaving, I think it has perhaps instilled in us both the importance to act in solidarity of demonstrating empathy to those fleeing persecution and war and seeking refuge, and often too in conditions of even further exploitation. And I think that we in Ireland too, watching the funerals today, must allow our hearts to break as we see the funerals of 69 deaths, including children and a newborn baby drowned off the coast visually. I think Ireland, in its history has witnessed periods during which there were significant losses of its young generation from its people. I think in the 120 years between the Act of Union, 1800, 
and the founding of our state in 1921, 8 million Irish people have emigrated. And in 1901, of those born on the island of Ireland, a majority lived abroad. Then later, during the 1950s, about half a million Irish men and women left Ireland largely to go and mostly build Britain, as the entry to the United States at the time was not open. Much has changed. We have benefited from those who have come to live with us, and we rely on their contribution for some of our most vital services. Today, Ireland is a country with over 17% of its citizens having been born overseas, and we are the richer for it. Malta and Ireland are, I know, anxious, too, to respond to the contemporary humanitarian challenge of migration with compassion and in a manner that respects the dignity of the migrants involved. Malta, has, dear President, has been amongst those frontline countries that have received the most applications for asylum relative to its population size, a receiving country for significant inward migration, and it must be recognised, and I do so this evening, that Malta has taken on a significant duty and introduced innovative measures to ensure the principled and humane treatment of those seeking refuge and asylum. Offering protection to those seeking it when fleeing war persecution is an international legal obligation. More importantly, it is a test of the very core of the values of every free democracy. We recognise the challenges that Malta has faced, challenges that should have been and must be shared. Malta's position geographically is just 300 kilometres from Africa, that great continent of the young, which constitutes 17% of the world's population, 20% of the young people of the world, continent of over 1.4 billion people, with its own young people accounting for 40% of its population. It is a continent upon which so many of our hopes for a sustainable future rest. And the neglect of African issues, be it in responding to the effects of climate change, conflict, food insecurity, unsustainable debt, will affect countries such as Malta in a disproportionate way to the rest of the European Union. In the Horn of Africa, the harsh reality of hunger is stealing the future, the potential, the dignity of millions of our brothers and sisters every day with a person dying of hunger every 48 seconds in drought-ravaged Ethiopia, Kenya and Somalia. Tens of millions of people face extreme hunger in the Horn of Africa. Despite having two-thirds of remaining arable land, Africa still imports 100 million tonnes of food at a cost of $75 billion annually. And yet Africa has the potential, I suggest, to be self-sufficient in terms of food production, and to make a contribution to feeding the world. We have an obligation to end its multiple forms of dependency, promoted in such measure, for example, by structural adjustment programmes of the 1980s that left it dependent on three staples, wheat, maize and rice, and a handful of suppliers. Living off the land is being made increasingly untenable, for a quarter of a billion people on the continent of Africa, at least 36 million people have been affected by the severe drought that I've mentioned, centred in Ethiopia, northern Kenya and Somalia. Over 1.3 million people have been forced to leave their homes 
in search of food, pasture, water, alternative livelihoods. And moderate to severe food insecurity affects approximately 60% of Africans today. And as extreme hunger and famine risks sweeps across Eastern Africa, for example, as a result of severe drought made more likely by climate change, we all have an urgent moral imperative to cooperate together to end once and for all the chronic food insecurity that has plagued the continent of Africa for so long. Progress on reducing hunger sadly has been stagnant since 2014-15 and has gone into reverse. In 2020, 40 million more people than the previous year went into food insecurity, according to ECD and EU sources. And during my recent visit to Senegal, and when I addressed the second Dakar Food Summit, I highlighted that there is an urgent need to tackle poverty and hunger in Africa through providing security and the basic necessities of life, helping to make possible the delivery of basic services, including education and healthcare, creating a lasting, sustainable future, built on security in its most inclusive sense, a security grounded on food security and informed too by indigenous wisdom. As global issues, these are issues in the neighborhood of our European Union that should concern us, basic to global security there, indeed. There's an opportunity for Europe to create a new relationship with Africa, to transact and undo a terrible legacy of history, achieve sustainability, create new partnerships of respect and responsibility for global challenges. In recent decades, speaking of food, changes in international stock exchange have made grain necessary for life, an item for commodity speculation. And this has imperiled efforts to build regional grain reserves, as well as a global food aid apparatus fit for the protracted crisis we face. Diversity of food production and trade systems, cutting harmful dependencies through a new model that will include even holistic agroecology, should be a global urgent task that we share. There is a global institutional inertia on these issues with terrible consequences. And the issue of debt must be tackled. How shameful it is that even in recent COVID pandemic times, 64 countries in the developing world, many of which are in Africa, are being forced to spend more on debt repayments than on funding public health care. Our planet burns, is scarred by climate change, and on this issue may I commend Malta for hosting the Security Council debate last month on sea level rise and international peace and security. This is an issue for us all. We thank Malta for that, but it is of existential importance for some of the world's least developed countries and small island developing states. States that are, after all, amongst those who have done least to contribute to the causes of climate change, yet which are the most impacted by it. President Vela, our two nations at the geographical peripheries of our European Union understand how the great challenges we must address and with urgency must be done together within a union of shared values of peace and mutual respect, implying the tools of multilateralism that have stood as well and continue to offer us our best hope 
for a sustainable, harmonious, shared future on our vulnerable planet in peril. Both of our people see themselves as proudly European, and in a sense that includes the cultures and intellectual heritages of the world, with much to offer the European project as it continues to evolve. We have much to share from its long philosophical tradition and our vibrant, diverse cultures in all their forms. In a recent encyclical, Pope Francis remarked, the widespread problems of inequality, injustice, poverty and marginalisation continue to fuel unrest and conflict and generate violence and even wars. We must promote actions that enhance peace and put an end to the conflicts and wars that continue to spawn poverty and death. Our challenges, if complex, are connected, and our shared response must reflect that complexity, recognising the link between poverty, conflict, migration and displacement is essential. We share a value, what I think is a value-laden vision for the future of Europe, Malta and Ireland, as Ireland celebrates the 50th anniversary of its European Union membership and Malta approaches the 20th anniversary next January. The accession ceremony for which took place here at Oris and Uthoron, together we recall the positive, indeed transformative effects which European Union membership has proved for both of our countries. It allows us to work together to strive to shape for the future in Europe a cohesive, inclusive, forward-looking union based on fundamental values of social justice, multilateralism, respect for the rule of law. All of this challenge remains. Both Malta and Ireland value how international engagement and multilateralism has transformed our nations, helping us in Ireland above all in our efforts to deliver peace and security on this island. And strong bonds, I am happy to say, exist between the Irish Defence Forces and the Maltese Defence Forces in the tasks of peace building, including an annual training programme of Maltese cadets alongside their Irish counterparts, which has been taking place for many years now in the Curra. And Ireland is proud that personnel from the Armed Forces of Malta have deployed on a number of occasions in recent years in Unifil in Lebanon as part of the Irish Battalion. Our shared commitment to international peace resonates with Ireland's recent membership of the UN Security Council, which ended in December. And I do take this opportunity, as I have already, of congratulating Malta on its recent successful election to the Security Council for 2023-2024. But even more so, and I know that some of our mission are in fact assisting in this for the mission, that, for the projects that it has taken up, which are so essential. I'm pleased that higher education links between our countries, we'll visit some of them tomorrow, are continuing to thrive and deepen, with 13 Erasmus programmes in operation between the University of Malta and Irish universities. And it's heartening, too, that cultural exchanges are flourishing between Malta and Ireland, with artists from Ireland exchanging visits, regularly exhibiting their works in Malta and vice versa, and where Irish film days are bringing the best of Irish cinema to Maltese audiences. Culture matters. And tonight, as we have already been entertained by Denise Kelly on the harp, by Kieran O'Connell on the flute, and later on we can look forward to hearing from Ethan Frenon, who will be playing for, playing for us. Dear President, and dear friends, dear guests, Iana, 
may I now ask, invite you to raise your glass as we offer a toast to the good health of President and Mrs. Vella and to the enduring and deepening friendship between the people of Ireland and the people of Malta. Saha. Slot.